This podcast is brought to you by Church of Living Waters. Find out more information at colw.info. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. How's everybody today? Praise the Lord. Well, Rebecca's made two videos in a week, in the last two weeks, so let me introduce her again. Rebecca, just stand up. This is Rebecca from Monterey, Mexico. She's here um, interning the next few weeks, and if you don't know her, get to know her, and praise the Lord, the staying at the Grosses house, it's right across the street from us, so we get to see her quite a bit. I, I don't know if Frank and Karina are here. They, they're here with us. They have three little babies, so... <laughs> Um, they're, they're visiting with us from Norway. So Frank is really tall and you'll see him here. He'll be coming in and out, you know, probably trying to get those kids situated, but make sure you greet them in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for them. Karina is a youth leader um, of the church there for many, many years. We've connected, done many, many things. Um, so praise the Lord. Well, this Wednesday is the 4th of July. I know the fireworks stands are getting ready and all of these things are going on. Barbecue pits are getting out there. But if you um, are looking for something to do, um, we're going to have a potluck at our house, me and Gamila's house. If you need the directions or if you'd like to bring something, you can see Gamila today. And it starts at 6 o'clock. And so we're going to have a good time. If you want to swim, you can bring a swimsuit. If you um, want to pop fireworks, don't bring them to our house. <laughs> you're going to have to go somewhere else because our neighbors, boy, they're, they're something. Boy, you pop it, you're gonna, the police are coming, you know. So praise the Lord. We have an ex-superintendent um, live right across the street from us. No, I'm not talking about Bob and Julia. <laughs> I'm talking about the ones that have lived in the neighborhood for a long time. Um, that somewhat, you know, we're doing stuff in our backyard and every once in a while you see one pop his head over just checking in on us, you know, making sure everything's okay. Praise the Lord. Many, many things God is doing in this hour, excited about what he's, what he's doing. How many of you remember um, this little cheer? Any cheerleaders in the house today? Ex-cheerleaders, maybe, you know, like used to be cheerleaders. How about band members? Band members, you know, Lamar Consolidated Band, all of these things. So you know I'm talking. How many of you remember this, this little cheer? We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? Uh, no, I guess you don't have spirit today. Let me, let me try it again. We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? There we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Let's turn to our Bibles to... Yeah, that's it. We're going to get to it here in a minute. <laughs> there you go. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9. Going to spend a little bit of time. You know, I, the reason I did that this morning is because many times um, it's good to have spirit. But, you know, as we continue that little thing that happens, we got spirit. Yes, we do. It ends to this. We got more. We got more. And then the other side saying, we got more. And praise the Lord, all of us have spirit. Amen. But when it continues to go to we got more. See, we're in a society 
where, where even we as a church could look across the street at Calvary Baptist and we could do the same thing. We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? And they could come back and then we got more. We got more. And I'm just speaking this out because we're all on the same team. We all have spirit. We should be shooting out, saying to them, we pray today, Calvary Baptist, you got spirit. Come on. We pray today, Tower of Refuge, you got spirit. He's a Holy Spirit and he's available today. Come on. We shouldn't come against each other and say, we got more. We're better than you. We're, we got, we're doing more than you're doing. See, when you get into that, we get into competition and we get into the things that really the Bible is very clear about. Just want to look at quickly. Luke chapter 9, verse 46. This is a really cool scripture. <laughs> it says, then a dispute. Oh man, there was a dispute. How many of you are familiar with disputes? <laughs> then a dispute arose among them as to which of them would be the greatest. <laughs> and Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by him. And he said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For, the, for he who is least among you, all will be great. And you know, the thing is, is I had to realize, and I know this, I'm nobody because I preach behind this pulpit. I'm, my name's Darren Frank. I'm a son of God. But I'm no better than you. If anything, um, the Bible says the greatest among us are servants. The greatest know who they are. You know, and I, I'm not here. Jesus does speak of a time about the greatest, and we'll look at it. But you know, there's some people in the nurseries today that aren't out today saying, Hey, look at me. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. They're over there serving us and they're serving our children and they're doing it. What? To glorify God. See, why are you doing it? Why are we doing it? We're doing it to give God the glory. It's not about me. It's not about what I do. It's about him and what he's done for me. I get the privilege to go out daily and to speak the message of Jesus Christ. Let's look quickly at Matthew 24. Bring your Bibles. I love hearing pages turn. I know we have a lot of technology, but let's get our Bibles. Praise the Lord for Bibles. Let's look at Matthew chapter 24. And he's speaking here. We can go to verse 6 and he says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See you are not troubled. For these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines. All of these things that will come. These are the birth pains of Jesus coming back. We're in the middle of those things in verse 10. And this is speaking to a church. This is speaking to, to the disciples. This is speaking to Christians. And then many, of, many will be offended. Will betray one another. And will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness will abound. Because there will be sin everywhere. Which there's sin everywhere. Many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end 
shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and the end will come. I'm here this morning to speak, to speak about what God is doing here in this ministry, but what also God is doing around the world and what God is doing amongst other brothers, amongst other sisters, and how we are joining together as a team. I praise the Lord that on a team, if we have a football team, there's not 11 quarterbacks. There can't be 11 quarterbacks because no one would ever block. Quarterbacks wear a jersey and no one ever hits them. We could never play football if there were all quarterbacks. That every part of a football team, every part of a team has a place. And it has a job. And it has, it has a real uh, plan and play. And I'm thankful for a team where all of us have a place. All of us have a part. And you know, there's every once in a while because the focus is so much on the quarterback that the quarterback sometimes is, is pretty arrogant. But I'm telling you, you see the good quarterbacks, they're not speaking about themselves. What are they speaking about? They're speaking about their offensive line. Because if one of those guys didn't do what they're supposed to do, that quarterback's nothing and nobody, no matter how good he is. You hear me? You with me today? We have to hear this, that in this hour, and I believe that Jesus is coming back soon, but in this hour, many of us will have opportunity to be offended. Many of us will have opportunity because of the lawlessness that's around us that our hearts will grow cold. And you know, boy, wouldn't it be sad that as we are pressing into the things of God, as we're doing the things of God, that something comes alongside of us and we start taking another path to a heart of growing cold. My dad would always say, son, the fruit of a, of a cold heart the fruit of a cold heart is unforgiveness. How unforgiveness starts in your heart. How something happens that was wrong. Something happened to you that should have happened. And then something starts happening in your heart. And your heart, the end of that will grow cold if you don't do something about it. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 32. We've heard it already this morning. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for all that you're doing. God, we thank you today, God, for Calvary Baptist Church, God, as we join them, Father, with a mission Jerusalem, as their youth just went to a, a conference, Father. We thank you for Micah and his wife, God. We thank you for those pastors. God, we pray today that the Spirit of the Lord is over across the street. Father, that men and women are coming to you, God. Father, we pray over Tower of Refuge today, God, Pastor Sam and Miriam. God, we pray over um, all of the other churches that are around, all the other relationships that we have, God. We pray, Father, that we become encouragers to each other. God, that we stand with each other, that, that we encourage. Father, even encourage the Spanish ministry tonight, God. Father, I pray, God, that, that a great encouragement comes over that ministry even tonight and that many even here, God, would start popping in, God, to see what you're doing in that ministry, to, to encourage Pastor Rufus and Irene, God. Father, we just ask you to open up our hearts today. 
God, I pray, Father, that you said that those that will endure till the end, Father, that, that I would be someone that would endure to the end. God, that Church of Living Waters would be a church that would endure to the end. Father, that we would see the gospel preached, God, in every nation, and then the end will come. God, we know many things are in front of us, God, but more importantly, you are. So, God, we thank you in your name, Jesus. Amen. I just want to speak a few minutes. Extending and receiving forgiveness is a great part of a Christian life. It's, it's, it's one of the most important parts because if we don't receive forgiveness from Jesus, then we're never going to be able to give forgiveness. It is the most basic tenet of our faith, I believe. Yet it's probably the area that we struggle with the very most. When we are hurt by others, the natural tendency is to withdraw into a corner and lick our wounds. However, if we give it to that desire, we simply nurse the hurt the bitterness grows and we become trapped in a vicious cycle. I praise the Lord for forgiveness. Come on. I praise the Lord that he's forgiven me, as R.C. was saying. Sometimes we are able to forgive others, but we can't forgive our own self, ourselves. We mentally rehearse over and over the sin that we committed, how horrible it was and, and how bad it was doing it. We refuse to receive the forgiveness that God is longing to extend. We look at all kinds of people in the Bible. The look, David, the Arthur of Psalms, as we're fixing to read, is a well-known Bible character. He's loved. He was a man after God's own heart. Yet his human frailty, he committed some terrible sins, even adultery, and he committed murder. However, David had a repentant heart and quickly turned to God for forgiveness when he sinned. I praise the Lord that I missed the mark. I don't praise the Lord that I missed the mark, but when I miss the mark, I fall down quickly on my face. And very quickly, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me starts dealing with me to fall down and to repent and to say, God, I've missed it. God, I've, I, I can't hold on to this. You know, I'm so thankful for that Holy Spirit. I can't wait an hour. I can't wait till tomorrow. I have to do it right now, guys. You know, do what you're going to do. I got to go meet with a father. I've missed the mark. And God always forgave and he restored David because he always responds to true repentance. I'm thankful that God responds to true repentance. Look at verse 32. Verse 1, blessed is, blessed is whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. It's a blessing to reserve, be a reserve for the child of God to experience forgiveness of sins, no matter how bad the sin was. David, though he sinned greatly, is known after a man, a man of God's own heart. You know, I deal a lot with people in, in, our, in our story, and the Lord has asked me, um, starting in the month of September, to be one week in a month, go out to other ministries, to other churches, to share this message of forgiveness, and to share the testimony of how God came into a dark, broken place in our lives, and how He allowed us and, and gave us an opportunity to forgive and um, I'm excited about that as those dates get filled up. I'm going to be asking some of you, some of you to go with me, some of you to pray for us. Um, 
Well, pastor, where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> well, we got some mighty pastors in this house that I think that they could cover. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I have a man right now that has been in prison for 42 years. He's a man that was in segregation for over 30 years of his life. He doesn't even speak. He looks down. He won't look at you. And he speaks through sign language. He can speak. He can talk. But he's had to learn how to speak through sign language, through mirrors, through, uh, through the bars. And that's all he does. He won't, he won't look. And the Lord has allowed me to start discipling him. And he received Jesus. And he looked up at me. He said, you don't understand. And I just listened to him. You don't understand what a man's blood smells like. See, he killed a man. He killed him with his own hands and he saw his blood empty out. He said, every day, every morning, every night, all I can do is smell the blood. All I can do is see it all over me. How all I can do I can't get away from it. I'll never get away from it. I will always, every day of my life, think about what I did. And you know, yeah, that's pretty extreme, but that's a lot of us in this room of a mistake that we made, of something that we did, maybe when we were a child, maybe when we were young, something that happened to us that we will never forget. It comes to us every morning. It comes to us every evening. It's the enemy just bringing remembrance of something that we've done. Let me tell you, everyone in this room has done something that would be ashamed to get up and stand and say it. Come on. That's, amen? Am I in the right place? So as this man starting to explain about the blood, I listened to him and I said, Sir, I'm going to tell you about a man that he spilt all of his blood. All of it came out. And yes, it was smelly. And yes, it was terrible, bruised. He didn't only do that. And I explained to him what happened on the cross. And I explained to him about how Jesus emptied. See, Jesus had to go through all of that pain, sir, because of the pain that you've went through, because of the pain that your victim went through, because of the pain that his family went through. And he did all of that because of where we're sitting today to extend to you forgiveness. Amen. It's an ongoing thing with this brother. Praise the Lord. I'll, I got some guys praying for him. I believe God is moving in his life. See, he's getting out. He's getting out within a year. And um, he's scared to death to go out in society again. Not, not afraid that he's going to do something, but afraid that his mind is just going to go crazy with these thoughts. I'll show you here in a minute what these thoughts are for the ones that have not forgiven. In the same way that we receive forgiveness, we must extend forgiveness. I'll never forget the day that the Holy Spirit was convicting me. I was a young boy and I ran up to the altar and I said, God, I'm dirty. I've made all of these mistakes. See, I was a seven-year-old, and in a seven-year-old's mind, there was a lot of things that I've done wrong. I don't know what age you were, but I guarantee you, when you came up in that moment, you felt pretty filthy. And you received that day, you received for all of that filthiness, 
See, you didn't have to write it all down. You didn't have to make a list and nail it on the cross. Some people do that, praise the Lord, for just knowing and remembrance of things. But you were just able to fall down on your face and say, I believe. I believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I believe that he died on a cross. I believe that he did it for me. And my life will start shining because Jesus, I invite you in my heart today. And you know, on that day, you were forgiven. (laughs) Come on, guys. I don't know how you felt when you felt forget uh, when you felt just all that load was off of you. Everything I've done bad, everything that's going to be on that video camera one day that you're going to see all that bad stuff in my life. I've been forgiven. I walked away from that and thought that doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel fair that a man had to die and a man had to go through the crucifixion on the cross because of my sin, because of what I did, because of what I've done wrong. And it feels like now I'm wearing this coat of righteousness and I have an advocate in heaven and his name is Jesus. And every time I miss the mark, he says, no, no death. That's my son. He's received me. Let me tell you something. What we freely receive, we must freely give. I can't receive something if I'm not willing to give something. And I have freely received forgiveness. And I have stood in front of him and I've known that things in my life are white as snow, clean completely. Never to be thought about again. If the enemy comes after it and comes to remind me, I say, no. He doesn't even know about it. It's gone. But then I turn around and I... I have unforgiveness in my life because someone's done something to me because a father beat me or and I'm not trying to downplay the things that have happened in our lives. But what I'm doing is I'm lifting up what Jesus did on the cross and how he, he extended forgiveness for each one of you. None of us was greater. He just didn't do it with my name and my name alone saying, oh, man, my son, Darren's going to be great. He was saying my son and my daughters are going to be great. And they're going to do great things in my name. And they're going to go out and they're going to preach the gospel. He was doing it for each one of us. We must forgive. It is just as harmful and wrong to refuse to forgive others as it is to refuse to receive forgiveness for our own sins. Two aspects of forgiveness go hand in hand. Receiving forgiveness for our sins and extending forgiveness to others. Verse 2, let's look at it. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and and whose spirit there is no deceit. Praise the Lord. David knew the necessity of being honest with God. We cannot hide our sin from God. Come on. He sees it all. You might be able to hide it from mom. You might be able to hide it from your wife. You might be able to hide it from your husband, but you're not hiding it from God. He sees all things. We cannot hide it sin from God. He sees all and knows everything we do. We may be able to deceive others and even deceive our own selves, but God knows the truth of every matter. If we refuse to acknowledge our sin, then we obviously cannot be forgiven. We must first confess our wrong to the Lord, but we confess our sins and repent. 
God totally forgives us and wipes us all away. And he wipes away the sin in our lives as though we have never happened again. We have to, we have to know this. We have to understand that repentance is a daily thing. That doesn't mean that we have a heart. See, when we met Jesus and he came into our life, we got started to be transformed. And I'm not running out looking for sin just because his grace covers me. If anything, I'm, I'm positioning myself to not have any sin in my life. Come on. I hope you are too, guys. I hope you're allowing it to be rooted out of you. I'm hoping that, that, that accountability helps you. See, in the world that we live in where lawlessness is all around, come on, we have to be careful that it doesn't jump on us. See, I'm not a person that's real needy. Um, I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my family. I don't need to go out with a bunch of guys to go out to a bar to watch a football game. I have my own TV. They guys can come over if they want to. We can drink apple juice. And <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not needy. I'm not someone that, well, well, honey, you just have to understand these are my guys. I've known them longer than I've known you. Come on. This is what we do. No, all of that stopped when I was forgiven. Come on. All of that stopped when I fully received forgiveness. If you didn't fully receive forgiveness, some of that could still be going on. Because you didn't really receive what he had for you and transformation starts in our lives. It doesn't mean that we miss the mark. But our tastes for those kind of things are no longer. And when we taste something that was like that, we feel terrible on the inside. Come on. That's what happens to me. Verse three and four. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. My strength was sapped. For day and night, your hands was heavy upon me. I was I've turned into a drought of summer. Unconfessed sin affects all areas of our lives. Our bodies often reflect the, the ravages of unconfessed sin. Let me tell you something. I'm not someone that goes and boldly says, I do not sin. I don't do that because I miss the mark. Maybe I don't have these things that are just so outwardly and things I'm doing, but on the inside, come on. I miss the mark every day with something God has spoken to me to do and I pull back and don't do it. I want to be very careful. I want to be a person that knows when sin is committed in my life, I'm not ashamed to say, guys, I've blown it. Guys, I've messed up. If I walk around day in and day out and say, I don't sin, I don't sin. Then when I do fall in sin, which all of us will, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then we're going to be a people that will try to hide it and push it away. And we can't run quickly, like the book of James says, and confess our faults one to another. What? Where we'll be healed. Where we'll be set free. Come on, are you with me today? I want to be in front of the Lord. I want to know that repentance can come daily in my life. See, have you ever been in that quiet place, that secret place? Before he taught, taught the disciples how to pray, he taught them where to pray. And he told them to go find a closet, to go find a quiet place and shut the door. Leave your phone on the outside. 
leave all the stuff on the outside and get in front of me. And in that place, he doesn't say worship, put on KSBJ. He doesn't say get your Bible out. Those things are not wrong. He says, get in front of me and meet with me. Now I'm telling you, in that place of meeting with him where there's nothing else, the first things that he's going to start doing is he's going to start convicting your heart. Why? Because he wants to cleanse you. He wants you to be cleaned. He spoke this over his disciples when he washed their feet. That was a symbol of the cleansing that he wants to do. This world that we live in is dirty. And my feet, my hands get dirty every day. If I'm not someone that just sticks out my feet and says, Jesus, please cleanse me. Please cleanse me. As Peter says, not only my feet, my hands cleanse my whole body. I want to have that in front of the Lord. God, I'm just your servant. Father, I come to you, God, with a heart of repentance. Even our physical appearance can be affected by unforgiveness. I'll never forget my dad praying over a lady in Chauvin, Louisiana. They came up in a wheelchair and she was bound. Couldn't even move her hands. It was so tight. She was so constricted like this. And I was a kid. And I thought, boy, this lady's going to get healed because the last 10 ladies have gotten healed. That's just my thinking. I don't know how. And I'll never forget my dad praying over her and him looking into her face. And he says, ma'am, you're in this chair bound completely up because of unforgiveness in your heart. And it was a bold word. And he looked at her and he said, ma'am, you must forgive your mother. And when he said that, this lady just started shaking and tears started rolling down her eyes and she starts just screaming out. And she said, no, I'll never forgive her. No, you don't know what she did to me. No, you don't know how she sold me. No, all of these things, come on. All of these things that this woman probably has a right to be upset with, a right to be hurt with, a right that these things were real that happened in her life. But she is bound completely, couldn't even move because of this unforgiveness that was like bitterness that turned into this cancerous bitterness that was all over her. And I don't want to use the word cancer wrong, but this bitterness that had her. And after she just let all of that out, she starts weeping and she starts saying, you forgave me, Jesus. You forgave me. I'll forgive her. And she just, as she started saying that, her hands just started coming and she started having movement in her arms and movement in her legs all the way to a point of that wheelchair was never used again, running and dancing up and down the, the aisle around the church service. Come on. Because of why? Because of that unforgiveness that was bound in her heart. When we're not walking in forgiveness, we often look um, older and feel worn out from carrying a heavy burden of unforgiveness. We often lose the desire to work, have no joy in our life. Watch all the dreams just evaporate. Verse five, then I acknowledged my sin to you and you forgave the guilt of my sin. I praise the Lord for that acknowledgement that one day, RC, when you just broke down and said, okay, enough's enough, God. I just give it all to you. How many of you remember that one day? 
where you just fell down and you said, okay, let me tell you, you can't only have just one day in your life. Yes, that one day he came and set you free, but I need that day every day. I need to make that acknowledgement every day. God, you are greater. See, because I'm going to be one that's going to continue till the end. Church Living Waters is going to continue till the end. Why? Because we know what he's done for us and we continue to fall down at that cross and we ask for an alignment. We ask God when we get off a little bit, God, I don't want you to have to get back on that cross. You've already done it. Father, forgive me, God. I've missed the mark. I've went a little bit off. That type of man has boundaries that the Lord has placed. And I'm thankful for these boundaries that I'm walking in boundaries. And if I move to the right, guess what happens? I get hit real hard and I get back online. That's the boundaries of God. That's the boundaries of accountability. That's the boundaries that I don't want to get past. My wife will tell this to people all the time. Why do you walk on the edge? Because if you fall, you're going to fall off the cliff. Don't walk on the edge. Get on over in the middle. Get closer to the ways of God. Because if you happen to fall here, you can just get back up. Don't fall off the cliff. Acknowledgement of sin brings relief and forgiveness. God is always waiting for the sinner to repent. He longs to forgive and restore, does not willingly afflict the unrepentant sinner. Verse six, for the cause, for this cause, we're in um, Psalms 32, verse six, for this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you. If you walk and we want to walk in forgiveness, we cannot justify sin or blame others. We must make a conscious decision to turn to God and to release all who has wronged us. We have to speak words of forgiveness from our hearts towards those people, and we release them. We will experience freedom from all bitterness and anger we have harbored over them. I don't know about you, but I've had to forgive. I've not only had to forgive major things in my life. I've had to forgive other things, littler things. I have to walk in forgiveness every day. You know, in a world that we live in, like in Luke, where people are looking and saying, who's the greatest amongst us? There's people in this room saying, who's the greater Christian in here? It's, it was in the disciples. It's in this room. And Jesus came and he set a little child on his lap saying, hey, if you come to me like this little child, boy, I love that. I love Jesus. I loved how he answered every question that came to him. Boy, he will just bring great wisdom by putting you with another question. Happy birthday, Bob. <laughs> come on. God bless you. It's Bob's birthday. Make sure you go see him today. Amen. Make sure you give him a hug. I don't know if he's got a $5 hanging with a clip, but maybe someone put it on him for him. <laughs> Let's turn just quickly to Matthew chapter 18. Starting with verse, verse 21, and you've heard these scriptures many times. These scriptures have come in my life and they've changed much of my life. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? How many of you have ever been there? 
I mean, see, if a one-time act of something happening to you, but what about a young girl that's being molested by her father every night and still wanting to live in forgiveness and still trying to, after a season, after a while, it gets really difficult. It's always difficult to forgive. And there's been things that have happened that shouldn't have happened. And it wasn't God that did it to you. Come on. It was because sin and sin's in this world. And sin can be used and put on other people. The enemy can go through other people and do crazy things. When it's done to you from a father or a mother, the enemy is really coming in and he's creating an orphan. And we have to understand and know that we have a father. I praise the Lord for our earthly fathers. But many of us, many of them are going to fail us. I've I've failed my children in many ways, but he will never fail us. I, I like to speak to my kids. Chris, don't look to me. Don't look to me. Look through me as a father. Look through me and see God. If I fall down or if I make a mistake, let me fall and you see God and learn how to forgive. I'll speak that over my kids today. See God as the father because he's our father. He's all of our father. And I praise the Lord for the heart of a father that he's placed in many men, the love that he's given us. But men will always fail you. How many times do we forgive? Up to seven times? Seven times, seven, seven people that have stolen from you seven times. The same guy has come and broken your house. This is the fifth time. Man, that guy, they need to do something with him. Man, this is crazy. Now the sixth time he's done it, the seventh time, that's where Peter was. Up to seven times do we forgive? And Jesus just clearly says, he says, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Then he speaks very clearly. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and the payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion. I'll stop right there because I'm thankful for compassion. I'm thankful for the compassion of God to send his son. This king feels like me and God, and I didn't feel like I was worthy of what he had for me. I didn't feel like I could because of all the mistakes. But on that day, he was moved with compassion over his people. And he knew, he knew the way was created that death always, sin always equaled death. And that sin always had to have an atonement. That sin always blood had to be shed. In the Old Testament, we see it from the very beginning of shedding of blood, shedding of lambs, shedding of these things. And I'm here to tell you that the blood that was flowed, flowed out of Jesus was the last blood that will ever flow out for remission of sins. It's still flowing today. It's still available today. I'm thankful for compassion. Bob, I'm thankful for the compassion that God had over your life. 
And I'm not calling him out because he's even worse, but I'm thankful for Gamila for the compassion that God, for Roger, for the compassion that God had over your life. Pastor Pius has been pastoring for over 50 years. I'm so thankful for the compassion that God had that poured out over your life. We freely receive compassion. Let's give compassion. He was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him of his debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me with what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me. I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told the master all that had been done. Verse 32. Then the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also had compassion on your fellow servants just as I had pity on you? Verse 34. And his master was angry. And delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Verse 35. So my heavenly father also will do to each one of us, each one of you. For his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. You know, this is something if you have unforgiveness in your heart. You understand what I'm saying today about these torturers. I'll never forget not being able to forgive the things that happened to my mom. And I was being tortured. I was being tortured by the enemy coming in, speaking all these things. What, what was your mom's name? What did I do to her? Remember? I don't know about you, but if I would be living in that torture, I wouldn't be alive today. I'm not saying I, I don't know what would have happened, but I couldn't take it anymore. We have people coming in this ministry. There's people here today that understand being turned over to the tortures. I'm telling you today, the way to be cleansed, the way to be cleaned is to receive the forgiveness that Jesus has extended and to forgive that person that's hurt you, no matter what he's done. See, it doesn't mean that God's going to forget what he's done. He'll stand in front of the righteous judge. He'll stand in front of him one day. And the Bible is very clear. My dad looked up and said to me, Darren, forgive, because he'll stand in front of God. And he went like this. He said, oh, those two women, they were mighty women of God. When I can release someone off of my hook, guess what? It puts them on God's hook. And I'm telling you, the sooner we do it, the better. Oh, well, no, no. I have to continue in this a little longer. I'm not ready. You're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready to release. You're never going to be ready. It's the same thing as salvation. Oh, I just need a few more days to get things right. No, you're never going to get it right. You have to bring all your mess to him and you have to fall down at his feet. Messy. I was messy. I didn't have an answer. I didn't have a way out. He was my only way. I thank you, God, for forgiveness that you've extended us. 
I thank you, Father, for forgiveness in my heart even today, God, as I miss, miss the mark, Father. God, I thank you that I can rise up, God, and go out into a lost and dying world, Father, and have your light illuminate on the inside of me. God, and with compassion, meet people that you created, that you handwove them in their mother's womb. And Father, speak a very simple message to them. And God, let them know that today's the day of salvation. And God, I believe that many will come to you and many will start the process of transformation. And God, all of those will stand in front of you one day and you'll say, come on in, because I know you. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just stand with me today? Church of Living Waters will not be a church that will look at other Christians and say, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? We got more. We got more. We will not be a membership that will look at each other and say, I got more than you. I'm a better Christian than you. We will be God's people. We will be some of the ones that are, he's going to call servants. And we will learn to serve each other. Come on. Am I speaking to the right people? We will lay low and we will be honored when a men's home is opened up and 20, 30, 40 men come in broken, strung out on drugs, wanting to die, but come into a place that people are saying, I know where you've been and look what Jesus has done for me. We will be those people that will say, I know where you've been and look what God has done for me. I can preach this message because unforgiveness was part of my heart. And I thought I never needed to forgive. I didn't know if I could. I didn't know how. And the message can come out of me because I was turned over to tortures. And I'll never forget my wife saying to me, you have to get up. You have to. I can't continue. And I came to the Lord and I remembered my dad speaking to me, son, forgive. Just do it as quick as you can. It's just a decision. I believe that in this room today, there's people that need to make a decision to forgive. Forgive a brother. The word's very clear. Before we come into worship, before we do elements like the Lord's Supper, before we do these things, we're not doing that this morning, but we will do it. Before those things are being done, make sure that your heart is correct and right with a brother that's sitting around you. Make sure you don't have to go to Walmart and see someone and do a quick turn. Come on. This isn't only just for me to forgive the ones that are brothers and sisters in Christ, but forgive the, the, the unbeliever and forgive the heathen and forgive the ones that are hurting us. Hurt people hurt people. Maybe your forgiveness is going to be like Stephen when he was able by God to be raised up and to say, Father, forgive them. Maybe there's going to be a Saul in the crowd. Maybe that one's going to be Saul, that his name's going to be changed to Paul. Come on. A murderer. RC, there'll be guys that have got to come into the home that that murder is on their record. 
that rape will be on their record. But just as God clean your record, he can clean everyone's record. I'm going to ask our prayer team just to come up this morning. Just close your eyes. Bow your heads. I just want to quickly. Everyone just bow their heads, close their eyes. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just ask the Lord just to search you. Just even now. If there's sin in your life, I believe the Lord's just going to ask you just to fall down and repent. If there's unforgiveness in your heart, I'm going to ask you just to make your way forward and make a decision to forgive. these, These brothers and sisters here We'll pray over you, but maybe you don't even need prayer. Maybe you just need to come bend down in front of the one that brings forgiveness. If you're here this morning and you know that there's unforgiveness in your heart, I just want you to slip up your hand right now. Someone that's done something wrong, someone that you've had a hard time with, I see those hands. I'm not here to, I'm here to help. I'm here to, I'm here to let the Lord move mightily in your life. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask you just to spend a moment with the Lord. And if you feel that you should come and get prayer or come and bend down at an altar, I just want to open that up for the next few minutes. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray you were encouraged and would love to hear from you. For more information on Church of Living.